0: Hi, everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Sheila Zolinski show. Listen, there are just too many reasons to list why you need to become one of my patrons today. Not only do you get exclusive content, you get access to private q&a's with Sheila and friends, commercial free content and so much more. But you know what a better reason to become a member of patron is because you're supporting this broadcast and its efforts to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you partner with me, you become a part of God advancing his kingdom. That right there is the best reason to get behind this ministry and become one of my patrons today. The information is there on your screen. If you have not picked up a copy of Power Prayers, Warfare That Works, and it works. That's not a sales pitch. It's a game changer. Listen, I want to ask you a question. Do you want a powerful prayer life? Do you want results? This book can change everything everything, including starting with a very powerful daily warfare prayer. Do you know that we're in a war? That's right. We're in a spiritual battlefield and Christians are not equipped. This is an arsenal that you should not be without in these dark days. Did you know that warfare is different than prayer? You want to know the key that makes all the difference? Get your copy of Power Prayers today. Get equipped. Get in the battle. Get this book, Power Prayers, Warfare That Works. Available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And you know what? Ask your local Christian bookstore to bring it in today. Well, speaking of spiritual warfare and battles, I am very excited to have this guest on the program today, and I cannot wait for my American friends, my large, robust American audience to listen to this show, because you're going to learn some shocking things about your northern neighbors, and you're going to find this fascinating as well as very relevant. Listen, I always say when these northern gritty rugged boys come alive over here, you American boys got nothing on these these guys. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. You would love your gritty northern rugged boys if they ever come alive, let's pray for that, because I'll tell you what, they're a distinct breed, these boys. And and speaking of uh crazy, gritty Northerners, my guest today, I am looking forward to jumping into this topic. Canada's in serious trouble, and you're going to be shocked to know why. And the darkness that's coming on Canada right now, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel, because we're going to talk about battle for Canada. This is a topic that Everyone wants to be listening to and you're about to meet a true warrior. It is my friend Art Lucier from Harvest Church in Kelowna, BC. Welcome to the program, Art. It is a pleasure. Even though we're both sick, welcome to the program, Art.
1: Wonderful. So awesome to be with you finally. I know we talked a little bit last year. Uh, sorry, you're not feeling well. I'm not feeling well either. I just got back from St. John, New Brunswick, kind <clears> of <throat> lighting up the cities, letting them know about the battle for Canada, the war on against our culture, against our nation, the soul of our nation, the church. Uh, I got kind of run down myself, but it, uh, it's just awesome to be here with you. Thanks for thanks for having me. Fantastic. First of all, just when you mentioned Notley, I just had this song go off in my head: "Ding Dong, The Witch Is Dead." But anyway, uh, yeah, battle for Canada first of all, I came off the streets 30 years ago, just quickly for your audience, just a little little snapshot. Around 20 years old, I was was a two-bit drug dealer off the streets of Terrace, British Columbia, and uh, my girlfriend was murdered in, uh, let's call it a drug deal, go wrong. But, they didn't know who the murderer was for five months. I was actually a suspect. I was actually out partying that night as I was allowed at the bar, but my girlfriend wasn't. They found her body, Remembrance Day, 1988. I was a suspect for five months. Instead of committing suicide i threw out a prayer i'd grown up in the catholic church i knew about god but i didn't know god i knew the stories about him and i threw out a prayer i said man if you're real you better show yourself to me because everything that i really cared for is gone he did answer me and uh, that was 30 years ago last November so for 30 years I've been on a journey of finding out how amazing and wonderful God really is starting to come into grips with the state of our nation you know when you first a lot of people first get saved it's about what God can do for them and how God can change them and eventually you flip it around it's like what you can do for God and how you can be as of you know as of use and of service unfortunately there's a lot of people in the church today they never really kind of flip around and actually realize that you know it's not about them it's not about their favorite song or their cushy little church. But about service unto God, you know, so that maybe actually one day you'll, you will actually hear, well done, good and faithful servant, entering the joy of the Lord. Anyway, so I've uh, been saved for 30 years, married for 27 to a wonderful woman that God gave me. got three kids, and they're all serving the Lord, doing well. Now, the battle for Canada... Let's. Get, I'm going to speed some things up. Oh, by the way, 15 years ago, I ended up planting a church in Kitimat, British Columbia, and that was my cave. Really figuring out ministry, and you know, that, you know, this life's not all about me, but about service unto others. That love really is uh, loving others, and uh, so I, I learned uh, cut my teeth on ministry. And um, I'm a worship leader. I, I love music. I've got a few albums out on on iTunes, but. I also, for the last 12 years, have sat on a council called the Canadian Prophetic Council. What it is, it's a, it's a bit of a coalition of different prophetic voices from around Canada that get together once or twice a year to kind of listen to what God is saying, might be saying, if we're listening to the church. It would be a year and a half ago, after sitting with God for about two years, I was really kind of getting a strong picture and message from the Lord. It's going to get really dark in Canada real soon. Some people say, is that possible? Well, did you think it could get this dark or this kind of mental out there? Five years ago, ten years ago, some of the uh, just the insanity that we see in the government or and the apathy that we see in the church. You know, ten years ago, if I would have told you some of the things are coming down the pipe that uh, you're not even going to be allowed the Bible in private schools or that they're going to be indoctrinating our kindergarten students about you know anal sex. If if I would have told you that, you'd say in no way. Uh, And I'm not going to go into all the issues of culture. I'm sure that we know we're very well aware. But I started getting. uh, a real download of what what I feel, how I see from the Lord that it's going to get dark. And and I've seen really a darkness coming upon Canada that we've never seen for three or four generations. Like literally the blessings of the Lord shut off. Then that doesn't sit really well with a lot of people when you say that. It's like, hey, God's just about to turn off the blessings, you know, in this nation. And people are like, yeah, okay, yeah, you alarmist, you know, uh, who are you, what are you? So I sat on this kind of revelation for a couple of years, and I started asking the Lord, you know, why? What's going on? And he started to show me some of the sins that we have within the land, the defilement of the land. And I ran into a story in, in a couple of different books, in the Word of God. It's out of Second Samuel 21, if I may. I'm going to just quickly let you know that, about the story and... Uh, how it relates to Canada, but it's the story about King David. He was now the king. Saul is dead. King David, you know, uh, he was a man with a heart after God, as it says, and he had a 33 year house of prayer. You know, Saul's dead, the one, you know, who uh, turned his back on God. But it says, during the reign of David, 2 Samuel chapter 21, during the reign of David, a three year drought, famine happened. Three years, no rain, famine, uh, during the reign of David. Now, I don't know, Sheila, if you understand or if our listeners understand what Canada would look like if we did not have rain for three years uh-huh. i know if we don't have rain for a few months uh, the forest burned so they didn't have and they had famine for three years and it says so david inquired of the lord i'm not sure what took him so long but you know, and and this is what God said to David. Da- God said to David, Hey, David, it's on account of Saul because he broke treaty with the Gibeonites. You know, being immersed into the church and talking with people for the last thirty years, and I read my Bible cover to cover to cover to cover. I've read it so many times, and I'm passionate about the Word of God. It's, it's really changed my life. But I, I really see how most of the people in the church act or think about God is not really who God is in the Word of God. You know, so. Uh, here we have God, and I get it, Old Testament, but, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We see that God in the Old Testament, he actually shut off the blessings of Israel because of, of Saul, who's dead. David actually had to take seven sons of Saul, hand them over to Gibeonites, and harsh story, but they killed the seven sons of Saul, hung them on a wall, and then it says, then God answered prayer on behalf of the land. Now, you think of it, no rain for a year. There were a lot of people praying, but God wasn't listening. Two years, God's not listening. You know, and here here we are in the nation. Here's one point that I'm getting at. Canada is blessed. We are we're 151 years old. We've been so blessed. We've even had revivals, you know, hit the slide 70 years ago, 25 years ago, uh, 30 years ago. Uh, in Saskatoon, different outpourings of God. You know, the Toronto outpouring brought two million visitors in the first year. Uh, Seventy years ago in North Battleford, uh, a revival hit, drew all the world in 1948, you know, here, and and really shifted the the face of Christianity and got some restored truths going on. So God had blessed this nation, but all the while we had sins in the land. Now, See, God blessed David and David became king. But then all of a sudden, God just stops and says, now there's blood in the land. We need to deal with it before we go any further. And I feel that God is stopping the blessings. I mean, we see it with the just incredible darkness uh, of the government that we've got. Financially, it is, it is beyond worse. Than, it's worse than people think, the economy. And we're being sold out. Our nation's being sold out to really a globalist agenda. You know, this fake tax, this carbon tax saying, you know, a price on pollution. All, all these billions of dollars that are being collected from us right now are just being given to other nations. It's not, you know, if they would go around and plant trees with it, that might be a little different. But anyway, point is that I feel that we have some sins in the land. And what are some of the sins? Well, you know, my grandma was Cree. She renounced her heritage. I'm a card-carrying Métis. I know that you're Aboriginal as well. So... Uh, of course, it's no secret that um, the genocide that happened in our nation, paid by the government, all these schools that were built by the government, ran by the church. 150,000 kids were scooped up and then would be sent back home during the summertime. But 60,000 of those kids never even made it home. You know, they're buried in unmarked graves. See? And these are sins of the land. You know, all the all of the theft of the land. You know, just when we went to uh, Battleford in November, we didn't. We knew that. Hey, 70 years ago, God did a mighty pouring in 1948. But this is what the Lord said to us. He said, uh, before you asked me for the rain or the Holy Spirit that was here 70 years ago, I needed to go back to 133 years ago. And so back to my word, I started to really study up some of the sins of the land. Well, in Battleford is where they divvied up two thirds of the landmass of Canada. In a little town across from the river from North Battleford is called Battleford. There's a brick house that stands there to this day got a big plaque on it. It says, this is where we divvied up two-thirds of the land mass of Canada. Where did that land come from? It came from all the First Nations who were here first, all the Métis, all the fur traders, all the ones who had married in with the First Peoples. England shows up, you know, and uh, we've got a government that says, no, we're going to divvy up the land. They took all the land away, pushed the First Nations onto reserves. If the First Nations were caught without a pass, even 70 years ago, if they were caught off the reserve without a pass. They could legally be killed. You didn't even have to report it. Indeed, the Indian Act until 1965 actually said Indians and other fur-bearing animals, they weren't even considered human by Canada. And these are some of the sins. Now, some people say, but everything's forgiven under the cross. Well, here's the deal. It's forgiven if it's repented for. Your sins are not forgiven until you repent for them. And when there's sins and there's blood in the land, God can only bless to a certain degree. But one day he comes along like he did to David and says, by the way, you need to deal with this. So this was my word uh, two years ago to the Canadian Prophetic Council. I said, we need to get together for national gatherings. We need to do, there's a war for the soul of this nation. The church is asleep, the government's corrupt, and it's about to get even worse and darker because we know who our true enemy is. It's not flesh and blood, but it's powers, principalities, authorities of darkness and heavenly places. But boy, I'll tell you, those powers in the end... The darkness sure do use flesh and blood, <laughs> you know, as we can see in the government today, just attacking our freedoms, our liberties. Talking a little bit about what happened in the past, 133 years ago, of course, we have the largest public execution in Canadian history, which was in Battleford. Hey, oddly enough, right in the same place where they divvied up two-thirds of the land, they hung eight First Nations on November 27th in 1885 to make a sign to all the First Nations to stop resisting. They had just hung Louis Riel and four chiefs and November 16th, 1885, 133 years ago. And Louis Riel was a course, despite what some people would say if they would do their history or read books or biographies or stories of Louis Riel, they would find that Louis Riel was actually a prophet. Yep, he heard the voice of God. He was actually jailed by the Catholic Church because he heard the voice of God. They jailed him, put him in the same asylum because he heard the voice of God. He was the first Aboriginal put into Parliament. He was voted in twice, could never take his seat in Ottawa because they would have killed him. But he also raised the first Aboriginal flag in Canada, which is a little bit different than the Métis flag that we see today, the infinity symbol. But the first Aboriginal flag, the Métis flag, was actually the face of, it was a wolf head on it with a hand. And if you read it where it says Maison Sutu Liberté, what that actual flag means was we lift our hand to the Lord that God would grant us the courage of the wolf to defend our families, our homes, the altar of the Lord and above all freedom. You know, and they, t- they killed Louis Riel, and now today he's actually considered a Hero. But see, this is blood in the land. And when Cain killed Abel, God came to Cain and says, Hey, where's your brother? He goes, Am I his keeper? And actually, God says, Yeah, actually, you are. And his blood cries out. And there needed to be justice, there needed to be payment for the blood that he spilt. Millions were killed. Uh, in the name of progress in this nation. I believe that God is now calling us to account. And we're reaping what we've sown, actually. We're actually simply reaping what we've sown. It's getting darker. And the Lord showed me a tap being shut off in this nation and darkness coming. But I love what the Lord does. You know what? He says this is coming, but he's got an antidote that if people would wake up, if the church would actually wake up, if we would actually deal with the sins of the land and repent on behalf of them, that he would relent, you know? And it is an if word. 2 Chronicle. 714, it's a whole list. God says, if my people, you know, who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray seek my face, turn from the... There's a whole list. Then God says, and then I would hear from heaven and heal their land. You know, back to 2 Samuel chapter 21, you know, it says, after they killed the seven sons of Saul and hugged them on the wall, it says, then God answered prayer on behalf of the land. Seven people had to die just so that God would hear prayers. You know, I think a lot of Christianity have a little, have a a God that's just a little baby in a manger. They don't understand that those who reject the mercy of the Lord are going to receive his judgment. And I believe that Canada's under judgment. I believe the church is under judgment. And me and there's a coalition of us that we realize time is short. And uh, so we have started a war on the passivity within the church. We've started a war for the soul of this nation. And it's called the Battle for Canada. And obviously, you don't win a war with one battle. So we're doing many battles. And part of the word that the Lord gave me just about this, that a great darkness is coming, unless unless we would get together and to repent. I spoke to this to the Canadian Prophetic Council a couple of years ago. I said, we need to get together national gatherings around the nation and we need to repent of this. And I said, I believe we're close to missing the harvest of souls that are supposed to come in. Because if great darkness comes, and and, and if the church is not allowed to export their oil, which is the anointing or even their message, which is a symbolic sign even in the natural, Alberta can't export their oil. You can have all the oil you want, but if you can't export it, it's no good to you. It's worth nothing. The government now has legislation in, they're coming to attack the church, and anyone who does not agree with uh, a homosexual agenda, gender confusion, you know, with abortion, all of their tax statuses are going to be pulled. The Bible is going to be considered hate speech. It already is, but there's actually going to be legislation coming down the pipe. This is what's coming for us. And we will not be allowed to talk about it on air. You're not be allowed to live stream it. You will go to jail for absolutely using the Bible. This is what's coming. And so a great harvest is going to be lost unless we would come together and get some things right. That was my word to them two years ago because the Spirit of God fell in the room. They said, this is the Lord. They said, Art, do it. Do some national gatherings. I'm like, yeah, okay. How do I just whip that up? Through a series of events, and one year later, we would gather in North Battleford for 10 days, and it was a miracle, Sheila, because, first of all, North Battleford, a little town of 12,000 people in mid-Saskatchewan, over 1,000 people for 10 days would gather, and it was minus 17 degrees. They gathered some 1,200, 1,300 people for 10 days to seek the Lord and we actually ran out of time. Now there's about 400 various issues, I'm gonna say give or take, that are before the Lord. And we might have only dealt with eight of them, but we've started. And so we're, we're contending. We're battling for the soul of the nation. We dealt with some of the sins of the land that were dealt with right in Battleford. I, I don't know if I really have time to go into it, uh, all that we did or how we did it. But all you know is that there was a great number of First Nations there. And they, as a church, repented to them for their residential schools, for the theft of the land, and for the hanging of those eight First Nations people. And the First Nations stepped up and they unequivocally said, we forgive. You know, that's how you start to deal with some of the sins of the land. And and that's what this this move is about.
0: Well, being Aboriginal, working on almost every reserve, sitting at every First Nations and Métis settlement chief and council in Canada, working for the Métis Nation of Alberta, we secured the labour market agreement back in the 90s when I was with the Oil and Gas Commission and heading up Aboriginal affairs, working for INAC, Alberta Environment, discovering they were using this green gospel, which I wrote a book on. I mean, come on, they want to breed a whole group of earth worship and tree-hugging eco-friendly pagan death cult that's what they want in this green agenda see this through the carbon tax which is a fine for breathing let that sink in you know what christians are at war and they don't even know it you know what it starts with folks It starts with repentance. It starts with the forgiveness, as Art alluded to. Then God can move. And listen, God is looking for an A-team boy. He's working with a D-team at best. Christians got to get in the game and get doing spiritual warfare. That's my expertise. I wrote a book on it. And listen, they're not being taught the difference between prayer. Prayer is when you are addressing God. Warfare is something else. Warfare is when you're dealing with the enemy. And it is time that we stepped up and did some major, damage into the kingdom of darkness. And battling for Canada is so true. You know, there's been some criticism. Listen, if you get offended over some drumming, but not 60 million butchered babies, you might need some deliverance. (laughs) Yes,
1: absolutely. So here's the deal. If you're in church And you're okay with Yamaha drums being in your church that are made by Buddhists in Japan. But you're not okay with a First Nations little Christian woman bringing in a drum that she made for herself to worship the Lord. You may have a religious spirit. We do honor the First Peoples. And we do allow regalia and drums in our ministry. And they come. And we we actually do, um, once a year, uh, called a kingdom powwow. And we're doing it this July twelfth to the fourteenth in in Stony Plain, Alberta, where the church First Peoples all to come and they worship just Jesus. There's no syn- synchronism, there's no witchcraft, there's no shamanism. You know what? Eric Clapton used to use his guitar for the devil. He used to light it on fire and and do sacrifices of songs to the devil. Should we throw all our all our Fender guitars away? I'll tell you, this religious spirit. I'm at war with it. You know, I have no patience for it whatsoever. I'm not playing nice with it. I'm exposing it and. If, you got a religious spirit, do you need to check it? Because that very religious spirit is what offends the Holy Ghost, and that's why we don't have God in our nation, you know? Some people say you're not nice. I don't care if I'm not nice. Nice involves lying, and I'm not going to lie about your religious spirit and about how you think you're better than everyone else. And this is what came into Canada in the first place 150 years ago. A bunch of Christians told First Peoples that their language, their hair, their dress, everything about them was evil. You know, there were some First Nations that they went to residential school the first day, their hair was cut, they had a shower, lye was thrown in their face and their hair to get rid of lice. And they said, when God made you an Indian, he made a mistake and we're here to fix it. Well, there's no room for that religious spirit anymore in this nation. And uh, so I'm at war with that as well, as well as the complacency of the church, you know. And I know that I'm not everyone's cup of tea, Sheila.
0: You're in good company, Art. Well, listen, this is what I say to people. Well, you're not nice, Sheila. I say, well, I quit being nice to the devil a long time ago. Listen, Jesus didn't die for you to be nice. In fact, he came to bring a sword. The devil's modus operandis is to kill, steal, and destroy us. And yet, what's our counter to that? Let's have a group hug and sing kumbaya. No, we've got to get in the game here, Art.
1: Yeah, right? So you know what, I'll tell you something. There's a whole bunch of people who remember what Canada used to look like and they're coming together now and we're saying, you know what, we need God in this nation again. We need to, we need unity. You know, diversity is not our strength, by the way. Unity is. There's a lie out there. I, I understand not everyone's called to the same ministry. I get it. There's a diverse group of people, but there's not diverse truth. There's only one truth. And we need a unity that God actually blesses again. Psalm 133, you know, a blessing when you brothers, brethren dwell in the universe. There, the commanded blessing is. So we're contending for the oil in the church once again. I believe that we can go for revival and reformation if we come together, get our crap together, and uh, actually live for God and realize that this gospel is not just to serve our own needs.
0: Well, I love what you. I posted this on Instagram. You said Canada does have identity. It's the dominion of God, and we're contending for it. That really says it right there, doesn't
1: it? It really does. And you know how I said there's different battles with a war. So the first battle was in North Battleford. And by the way, the reason I'm doing this so soon, the reason that we're doing it now because Canada's a prophetic nation. And Canada's 153rd birthday is coming. It's in one year and a few months away. And I felt the Lord, you know what, this is my opinion. This is what I heard. So, you know, you guys can, everyone can take it for the way they want. But Canada's 153rd birthday is in the year 2020. And I felt the Lord say this. He said, Art, Canada is close to losing its harvest. The number 153 is the number of harvest. That was the number of fish that they caught in the net when they fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus said, throw your net on the other side of the boat. They threw it in after fishing all night. This is the picture of the church. We fished all night, and our nets are empty, and the youth have all left the church. But Jesus says, do this, go on to the other side of the boat. And 153 fish were pulled in. The nets weren't broken, 153 large fish. They lost none. That is the number of harvests. And I believe we are close to harvest time for this nation, but we're not ready. You know, so we we went to Battleford to, to deal with some sins of the land. And we, you know what? We saw salvation there, and we saw miracles. God poured out, but it's not all about just the signs and wonders. They simply follow those who believe, okay? So this next one is Edmonton this coming May, but then we're going to St. John, New Brunswick in September for the Battle for Canada, because that is where Sir Leonard Tilly's hometown is. Sir Leonard Tilly was the founding father of Canada who was given Psalm 72 saying that it should be the dominion of Canada, you know? So we're going back to the roots, the first incorporated city of the nation to contend for the Psalm 72 mandate, You know, this government's confused. Justin Trudeau can say we don't have identity. We do. It is the dominion of God. Until 1983, there was no Canada Day. It was Dominion Day. A bunch of liberals changed it. You know, it used to be called Dominion Day. It wasn't Canada Day. This is the dominion of God. This nation was founded and dedicated to the Lord, and we're contending for it. So uh, I agree. It is the dominion of God.
0: Yeah, well said. We got to get back to these roots here because no other time in history. I mean, look around. You touched on it. The silence is deafening in the pulpit while 60 million babies are slaughtered. We got a George Soros-sponsored globalist agenda in Canada that's been, you know, that's been a long time in the works. And how can you turn all that around? Well, you touched on it in Second Chronicles. What does it say? If my people who are called by my name, he didn't say the mystics, the Kabbalistic Jews he didn't say the wicked, he didn't say the pagans, he didn't say the liberals. He said, if my people. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord, folks. Boy, if there was ever a time for some hardcore warfare, it's now, isn't it?
1: It's right now. In fact, I'm going to tell you, Sheila. More people are fasting and praying right now than ever before. If fasting was a problem, it would be an epidemic. It's incredible. Wow. I've got testimonies from people all over Canada. What has come out of North Battleford in the Battle for Canada is a fasting movement. There were people who fasted right through Christmas. Who does that? So there's people fasting all the time, all over the place. And you touched on it, on abortion. So in North Battleford, there's a lot of First Nations issues because that's where all this injustice towards First Peoples, so much of it happened, into the Métis, right? So Edmonton what's going on in edmonton the day before the battle for canada starts in the expo we're doing an unofficial start on may 14th may 14th is our 50th anniversary of abortion in this land our jubilee is this may 14th it's 50 years since pierre Elliott trudeau legalized abortion he decriminalized perversion there was no fault divorce there was all kinds of um, bill c-150 that came in 50 years ago 50 years ago bill c-150 was passed and it was by Pierre Elliott Trudeau, and you got it. That is Justin Trudeau's dad. Our prime minister right now in our nation that is absolutely sewering this nation, and scandal after scandal. His dad, 50 years ago, got the abortion bill passed on May 14th, 1969. This is our 50th anniversary. It's our jubilee this May 14th. So what we're doing, we are trying to get the movie Unplanned played in the expo. Worst case scenario, we're coming together, we're repenting uh, the sins of abortion land of being quiet there's been a passivity i preached on abortion a couple months ago and it just really triggered something you know it's all uh, trump is talking about abortion there's polarization in the states about abortion it's like we're not doing it at all or we're doing it right till you know partial birth abortion and there's really a left and a right that's happening within Canada and America. So it's time to stand against this. This is one of the sins and the scourge of land. There's a lot of blood in the land. You know, there's been 60 million abortions, 60 million in the states since Roe v. Wade. But you know what? Canada was first. Canada's always been first. Roe v. Wade was until 1973. The abortion bill C-150 was passed in 1969 in this nation. We were first on homosexual marriage. We were first on abortion. And you know what? This is not right. So I'm calling Canada to come stand with us at the the Expo Center. I'm making it free. It cost me 10 grand for the building that day. May 14th of this year, we're opening up the Expo at 6.30 at night. And hopefully, I just talked to the producers yesterday, hopefully we're going to be able to show the movie Unplanned as the first premiere showing in this nation. Amen. Um, I just watched it today, Sheila, just before I got off the phone, on the phone with you. I just watched the movie Unplanned. I had a private screening here in our studio. It it was shocking. I know that you already seen it went down to the States, but I didn't. What do you do except call upon the Lord at this point? But if Canada doesn't show up, a critical mass, it's over. Like if everyone wants to be asleep and divided and pretend everything's okay and just say, oh, well, that's just the way things go. Or abortion, we can't do anything about it. The globalist agenda, Oh climate change let's bow to this false religion of climate change it's just going to get worse and we're not standing up you know what some people are scared well I know what the Bible says about being a coward I don't think cowards actually are allowed to have you know that's not my words I know that sounds harsh but revelations 21 8 says you know the cowards the un- the vile the ungodly they're not there's no place for them Jesus said if you're ashamed of me I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father it's like this is a wake-up call for this nation this is a wake-up call for all of us
0: we're at war What did Elijah say with the showdown of the prophets of Baal? How long will you falter between these two things? Either you're going to follow God or you're going to run after Baal. Well, we know what most people are doing because the spirit of Baal is raging. Art, tell all my Canadian listeners what they can do to get out to this. Well, starting May 14th, I really encourage on yeah. May, May 14th for Unplanned. Now, I saw in California, Roe versus Wade. I was one at the first premiere viewing and Unplanned on the Saturday night. And again, just an incredible. And I know the whole story because the director was telling me when she put it up on Twitter, it was clicking people off on follow. They had a whole mess on Twitter where they, it was all the back backlash they had from Hollywood, and yet that movie was number two at the box office so listen tell folks what they need to do to get out and support us out in may yeah
1: awesome okay so to be really clear folks this is not a conference you're not coming to hear your favorite speaker i like conferences don't get me wrong sheila this is not that this is not about you. This is not about you and your favorite song. This is not about your favorite speaker. This is about a combined equity. Everyone's got a bit of equity, or they should with the Lord. You know, the years of prayer, years, years of sacrifice, walking with God. We need that. We need you. We need your equity. We need to stand together because God is actually looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are right. But, you know, in Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, 30, it's, it's like uh, the children didn't have to go into exile for 70 years. But it says God looked, and he looked for someone to build the wall to stand in the gap. And he it says he found none. And when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham Dickers like, well, what if there's 50 people there? Okay, if you can find 50, 40, we know the story, but there wasn't any. If it was just up to Abraham and his prayers, he would have saved those cities, you know, but he couldn't because sometimes God looks for a critical mass. We're looking for a critical mass to come to Edmonton to fight. We rented, we've we got, you know, about 4,000 seats, and you go to battleforcanada.com or battleforcanada.ca. You can look at our videos, look at our promo, share it around, costing <laughs> I, I, man, I'm I'm no superstar and I don't have some huge ministry, but this is a $300,000 event to rent the expo for seven days. But if you go for to battleforcanada.com or battleforcanada.ca, you can donate to this. But you know what? I'm about 120000 short for this event, but I know that God's going to provide because Canada's showing up. And, you know, even though it's a five-day event, six-day event, we're only charging 49 bucks because we want to make it affordable. In fact, see, like we told people, you have no money, just come and we'll let you in. We told all the first peoples they can basically come for free. We're doing a major grand entry on May fifteenth, protocoling the Holy Ghost back into this nation. So we're trying to we're we're doing what we can, coming before the Lord, being raw and saying, God, we need your forgiveness and blessings on this nation again because we're just about to go into darkness. So battleforcanada.com, battleforcanada.ca again, this is not a conference. This is a new wineskin of people coming together, pooling their equity together, a critical mass of people saying, God, we acknowledge that there's issues in the land. We're divided into all these different camps. You know, you mentioned it when Elijah called down fire, called everyone together, but all 12 tribes had to come together. And he killed the bull, but all the bull had to be on that altar. He could not just half a bull; all the bull. It's time for Canada to put the bull on the altar, come together as one, and say, "God, we need you in this land." Is it possible that God could actually shift the culture? Is it possible that God could actually bring a righteous government in? It is. It's time for faith to arise. Most of us in this nation don't even have faith. We go to church. It doesn't take faith to go to church. No faith. Unfortunately, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, we're looking for the radical ones who understand this nation's dark and only God can change it. We invite you guys out to come and battle for Canada's time to stand for this nation.
0: Yeah, it is it is time to stand. It, listen, it's not Custard's last stand. It's Canada's last stand. Canadians, get organized, get a car full, get donating, get registered, and get out to this. Go get some information. Up on your screen, you'll see battleforcanada.com, battleforcanada.ca, and let's save Canada, folks. Again, the information's on your screen. And very quickly, Art, give out uh, information on how the folks can get in touch with you
1: www.battleforcanada, all one word, battleforcanada.com, battleforcanada.ca, or theharvest.ca simply one word, the harvest. Another way if people like more traditional way of contact, you can email me at crazymétis at gmail.com. Crazymétis at gmail.com. Add me on Facebook, Art Lucier. Love to be a little bit outspoken if you're easily offended. Might not be for you, but if you're easily offended, you're, you're probably used to it on this uh, podcast, so you're probably not here if you're easily offended. By the way, Sheila, I am pastoring a church called The Harvest. Meet Saturday nights in Kelowna 6 p.m. You can go. Email me about that. It's not a church for the tame. It's passionate. We stand up for the real issues. Anyway, we're looking, looking for the crazies, the warriors, the ones who do business with God. We need you.
0: Amen. Well, folks, I'm going to be out there. Art is going to be there and a whole lot of other people come out, rally together with us and let's do battle for Canada. Art, I know you were flying around all week. I'm so appreciative that you took time to come on the program, even though we're we're sort of under the weather. But it's going to be very powerful. I'm so looking forward to seeing you, my friend. Happy 50th birthday. And listen, come out and see us both in Edmonton, folks. Art, again, such a pleasure to have you on the program. And thank you for everything you do. And thank you for your time today, sir. God bless.
1: Hey, Sheila, it's an honor. See you soon. We stand up for the real issues.
0: Folks, that was Art Lucier, and all this information is on your screen. Get out and join us in Edmonton and let's battle for Canada, folks. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. We'll see you real soon.